Congratulations, you found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing. Starring the original book divas, Martha Steele, Vonnie Golden, and Nicole Shaded. And special guest, Alyssa Mann, the queen of romance. These people are passionate about books, maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination, one book at a time, they are three book girls. All right, I've got good news and I've got bad news. What do you want first? The bad news. Bad news. Okay. The bad news is Entertainment Weekly chose one of Nicole's favorite books as one of the worst books Which one? of the no! year. She's going to freak out. Nicole's going to freak out. Here's the list. I can't see it. No, you got to read it on the air. The worst. Okay, so the worst books of 2018. You read the number one is Katarina by James Frey. Number two, Ship of Fools by Tucker Carlson. I'm still not surprised yet. Number three, The Next Person You Meet in Heaven by Mitch Album. Number four, Just Jesse by Jesse James Decker. Okay, this is bullshit. She's going to freak out. She's freaking out now. Okay, number five, Girl, Wash Your Face by Rachel Hollis. But I'm going to read the caption. It says, Fat Shaming check blatant cultural appropriation ditto an overall air of superiority and tone deaf musings born out of white privilege yes and uh yes okay i think that's bullshit <laughs> i knew you would say that which is why i was like i read that i was like oh my god you both gonna freak out actually if you go back and listen to that episode i even was so pissed off about reading the reviews of people calling her yeah like I, saying she's white privileged yeah i remember and that's bullshit like yeah I remember. Man, people are so against race. Like, I get it. Racism, racism still exists. But saying somebody's white privileged because they don't... Because she has more money than some other people or whatever. I, I just don't understand the but, reason why she's considered white privileged because she wants you to improve your life. Right. She, yeah. Right. But the, It the makes other me so thing, angry. The other <laughs> thing is, the number one book that they picked of the year was my year of rest and relaxation, which I read. That and sounds Is it fiction boring. or nonfiction? Because it does sound so it is the, we. It is a... I had real issues with it because... <laughs> and the reason... It's a bad list. Right. I, I, I didn't... I chose not to review it because I was like, you've got to be kidding me. What this lady does is she takes care of all of her bills and business and everything like that for an entire year and then goes home and starts taking drugs to sleep for an entire fucking year. Yeah, I'm not even kidding. She wants to sleep pretty much 24 hours a day for an entire fucking year. And I think it was supposed to be funny. But for me, I was like, this is way too close to drug abuse or depression and depression depression. and mental illness. Huge, hugely. Yeah, it was a very straight. I mean, it was obviously it was really well written, but to put that as the number one book of the year in Entertainment Fucking Weekly, give me the STEM magazine. I will say James Frey deserves to have the worst spot because he fucking sucks. I don't know who James, James Frey, Frey is. He's the one that wrote a million little pieces, and and he was the one that um, he's a pretentious made up. The isn't that the same guy who made up uh, his, uh, drug his, his drug addiction in order to write about it? 
he's a smug douchebag, and I do not like him as a person or a writer. But also, his book, part of it, selections from it were part of um, this year's award for worst sex scenes. So... He deserves his spot at the top of the list. I have not read one of these best I have. What are the other? And they're all bullshit. Just kidding. I have. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. They're not all bullshit. But I'm mad at this list if they're saying go wash your face. (laughs) But okay, some of these I are on like a million of the best lists. Right. This one I've never heard of, but it's called number two is the recovering by Leslie Jameson. I haven't read it. The Great Believers is on a million of the top 2018 books, and it's by Rebecca Mackay. I wanted to read that. I just haven't gotten to it yet. Number four, also on a million lists, The Mars Room by Rachel Which I have read, and it was excellent. Number five, never heard of this, Washington Black by E.C. I've heard of that one. Udagayan. Yeah, I've heard of that one. I haven't heard of that one yet. I own this next one. Uh, Number six, haven't heard of it. Flights. Flights by Olga... It was good luck. Absolutely. Good luck. It was absolutely beautiful. It really was. Nope. Good luck. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna pronounce try Toka Tokar Kuzuk. Number seven is There There by Tommy Orange. I tried to read that, and, and I, I heard that's pretty good. Though I've tried. I I can't Wasn't get into it. it. And it's also it. bullshit that Bridge of Clay is number four on the best of the young adult books of I mean, 2018. Four is pretty high. What else is on there, bud? <laughs> number one. <laughs> I mean, like it to should be, be number fair, one. It's pretty she high. going to be pissed. Okay, now do you want the good news? Yes. Not really. <clears throat> I'm disappointed with your bad news. <laughs> hey, I gave you a fucking choice. Nicole's done. She's out of here. Mike, okay, close your eyes. Nicole, all of us? Yep. Okay. And now open them. I know. I was going to announce it? this today. I, I was really excited about this. Thomas Harris. What? This, guys, Thomas Harris is the guy that wrote Silence of, Silence the, of the Lambs. Silence of the Lambs. Oh, my God. Now get really excited. Him. He has not written a new book in like... I loved those books. 15 I years. I don't know what, what the exact... I've Nicole can look it very up. Very shamefully have not read them. Oh, they're good. They would just they're good and they're not scary. Murder. Uh, for her? Yeah. They are not scary. They're they creepy probably... as fuck. Can you watch Law and Order? I mean, yes. You can watch that. They're a serial little creepy, killer, but not that bad. Major okay. serial killer. So if you're good with serial killers, you're all right. <laughs> I mean, I made it through The Little Stranger this year, so... <laughs> yeah. So Thomas Harris' new book is called Carrie Mora. Carrie Mora? Carrie Mora? Yeah. What's that Isn't about? that a cool cover? I don't know. I just That's printed it cool. out. That's exciting. They, they released the cover today. Yeah. I yeah. have an exciting non-book thing to tell Alyssa. What? Um, do you know those um, cheesy garlic biscuits that are the bomb diggity <laughs> from Red Lobster? That I can't eat? Yes. I know somebody that has a gluten-free <gasps> recipe for them. She's supposed to bring it to me on Monday. Because that is the saddest thing about I know. going mm-hmm. to Red Lobster. Is, is I, not being that's able pretty to much those. the reason I want to go. Like. The rest of the food is just incidental. That's the only reason I ever went to Red Lobster because I don't so eat good. seafood. So yeah. my family would have seafood and I would eat the biscuits. I heard that. <laughs> I was Sam's like, member. I need it. They sell I have the, some. I know. They I sell some. the biscuits at Sam's Club. Well, now that I'm. They sell them at Walmart, too, because mm-hmm. I used to oh. buy them in yeah. college. But this was like in the early days before they sold them in the mm-hmm. store. That I mean, I used still, to go there for that, they're better in but. the store. I didn't know even know they sold them in the store. So I've learned something new today. 
Yeah. They started selling them when I was in college, and as a promotion when they first came out, they were only a dollar a box. Mm. So I bought like five boxes. Are you talking about like four. the mix or yeah, like yeah. a mix? Made. Yeah. Tyler bought that one time, and it was a buck. Yeah, and yeah. that sat in our cupboard for probably six months before I made it because I'm like, it's not this bad, cost a dollar. Right. I don't know this yeah. brand. You got to so, put some cheese in there, man. That's good stuff. Yeah. My sister, she never listens to this, so I don't even feel bad for. Saying for, this, for calling for, her out. Uh, like Christmas, uh, she made and Thanksgiving, she made uh, those cheesy biscuits. But mm-hmm. she told me she found a recipe online. Well, <laughs> I guess her husband told my boyfriend it was just a box <laughs> from <laughs> Sam's. <laughs> and I'm like, whatever. Which not a big deal. I don't care either Who way. Us has not. But they were kind of dry, so don't get like the boxes, guys. Add an extra butter or something. Yeah, you because definitely they're have pretty to dry. juice the mix a little bit. Well, you make know it- those little frozen um the the rolls that you can buy that are frozen that you set out overnight. And they yeah. like rise and everything. Mm-hmm. The yeast like, rolls. I mean, the first time I took those to work for one of our like little dinner things. Everybody's like, oh, my God, these are so good. You're such a good cook. <laughs> and I'm like, um, and I told everybody that they were home baked, not homemade. Yeah. Oh, home so baked. now that the people that you used to work with are going to know the truth because they're going to hear it on the podcast. Well, I told them about the third time I took them. They're like, <laughs> oh, by the way, it's been forever yeah. making these. I'm like. They're from the freezer. <laughs> it, was, it was hard. I'm like, no, those are the frozen ones. Are you kidding? And all this bread talk buy. is making Alyssa really sad. A little bit. Yeah, I can see it in her face. I'm so face. sorry. She's it's okay. Well, also, gluten-free flour is so fucking expensive. It really is. It, it is, is not expensive. worth it. If I move in next to you, I already have gluten-free flour because when I'm doing my keto thing. You guys are going to have so much fun when you the live sugar, next to each other. I'm going to have to provide Most because us, I don't have sugar either. I have so but, much sugar. For those of us not in this room, Vonnie might move into my apartment and complex. And be her neighbor. And I am so excited. But I will tell you, I am not a very active neighbor. I do not <laughs> seek out companionship. You have to so, text her first I mean, and, make, and get permission. And say, hey, what are you doing? You want some company? I'm like, I would no. n- never, ever <laughs> I go to wanna, someone's house without texting. Because I don't want to put my bra on. Yeah. Can we just do this tomorrow? <laughs> yeah. No, I would never do that. The because one the idea time. of someone coming to my house unannounced horrifies yeah. me. The one time I showed up to her house unannounced, I had been texting with Tyler. Yeah, and she shows up in my house. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing yeah, here? Yeah, she did. I think that's what I said. <laughs> and did, you're like you my did. best friend. Yeah, and, and we've like, been best friends for like <laughs> ever. And I'm like, what do you mean Tyler didn't tell you I was on my way over? Like, nobody told me you I were coming over. I was just dropping over. some stuff off with Tyler. And she was all, what the fuck are you doing here? <laughs> Y'all are lucky because my mother-in-law has shown up twice in the past two years unannounced. What? And they live in Arkansas. Like, they <gasps> live four hours away. Holy <laughs> shit. What? I mean, you're just lucky I was yes. dressed that day. Yeah, no. I know. Which I, I, I would, love them. So I, I wouldn't want to have to unsee yeah. anything. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Well, although I, wouldn't although have, I knew I wouldn't Tyler have was answered there. the door until I put something. Well, Tyler was there, so I knew you weren't running around uh, commando. Or in the he house. was fixing to be there. I don't think he was there he yet. He was too. Was he, he there? He was standing in your living room. Oh. Like, ugh, why is everybody at my fucking house? <laughs> and nobody <laughs> called me first. <laughs> I want to take my bra off. Go away. <laughs> Someone knocked on my door a couple weeks ago, and I was so terrified because everyone I know would never dream of coming to my house without telling me first because that's just... You just don't. You just would not do that. But then, like, this dude said, like, hello? And I was like, 
fuck is out there? Who and was it? So I don't know. I <gasps> Like I answered the door. So then Annabelle is having a small meltdown at the door because she hears a man's voice and she's like, what's out there? But I was so freaked out. I laid on my couch for like an hour and a half because I thought that someone was going to break into my apartment and murder me. <laughs> You read too many true crime books. I thought I was going to die. I live alone. I know. Pretty soon you guys will be able to comfort each other. It's scarier when you live alone. I lived alone for a long time. She can just text me, Bonnie, look out your window and tell me who's that. Who's out there? Who's at my door? (laughs) Pepper spray for everybody. Yep. Pepper spray all around. Well, I mean, I'm kind of glad to hear that you won't answer your door if you don't know who's there because nope. I thought I was the only one. If somebody knocks on my door and I'm not expecting someone, I and don't I'll, have that luxury, dude. I'll kind of no, look out a little bit. No, who the fuck is that? I didn't ask you to come here, the, so no. It's glass. It. My oh, front door, it's got glass on the door yeah. and on the sides of the door so they can see you. <clears throat> only if it's oh, like late at night or whatever, but I can't. My peephole is too tall for me. I can't see out my peephole. <laughs> so I can't see this outside. Excuse me, I have to get my step stool so that I can look out my peephole. Just a minute. Clunk, 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 clunk. Oh, hi. Who are you? <laughs> they hear something like bang on the door. <laughs> me walking up the stairs. Hear this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can't help it that I'm sure. I, Alyssa wouldn't be able to see out of it. I went to a, a rheumatologist and when they were trying to figure out what the fuck was wrong with me and um, I have nerve damage in my back from my arthritis. See, you're not too old for arthritis because I was only 30 Speaking when of this arthritis, happened. my tendonitis feels a little better this week. How's your, your arthritis? Arm, buddy? <laughs> and they wanted hurts. to put me in physical therapy. <laughs> Thank you, it feels, it feels a lot better though. Thanks for asking. You're welcome. <laughs> and uh, one of the very hot male nurses showed me some exercises to do to strengthen my core. I'm like, oh yeah. Can you show me again? (laughs) (laughs) And do you have a bib that I could use to like wipe the dirt away? How low can you go with those lunges? (laughs) (laughs) You're a dirty old lady. Holy shit. I was only 30 at the time. Oh, well. Okay. That was probably the only enjoyable part about physical therapy. Was that everyone there is supremely hot? Oh my gosh! I was like, "Good God, people!" (laughs) I know. Meanwhile, I'm laying here doing ankle exercises because what's broken is my calf, and so they're just like, "We can't. We don't want you to lose like use of your ankle. So draw the alphabet in the air with your fucking toes." I can't even Hot say people that. working out and like doing all this stuff, and I am drawing letters in the air. I'm like, can you draw some toe. letters when I'm done? Yeah. <laughs> say, uh, so can you fun. do that with your tongue, honey? <laughs> <laughs> Wish they could see me raise my eyebrows right now. <laughs> I know you guys are a little young, so you probably won't know this, but my sister, her physical therapist, all growing up through Shriners. Look just like MacGyver. Ooh, MacGyver was hot. Do you know MacGyver? Draw on a blank. I mean, I know, I know who MacGyver, MacGyver is. is. I know who MacGyver the man is. With the, mullet. the man's face I mean, is. He did have a mullet. He did have a mullet. But he looked that's just almost an immediate hard like pass him. for me. But y- you had to be in the moment, Alyssa. Mullets I mean, used that to was be the, the norm. Yeah, yeah, that was definitely back in the like 80s. an 80s attractive. Yeah, it's definitely an not, 80s attractive. Okay, not, not, I am not. Okay, no, okay, okay, okay. We got to stop judging MacGyver now. It's not hot. <laughs> so sorry, Martha. We're looking at him. Sans mullet. <laughs> it's not, not hot well, now. 
He's old. He wasn't These hot are, then this either. This is back when he was MacGyver. Yeah. <laughs> like he, Listen, you had to love the mullet in the 80s. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, look at that. I was watching Creepy. a video today. Hello, stare. Oh. <laughs> What? Oh. She called MacGyver yeah. a creepy pedo stare. Oh, that's creepy. <laughs> Jeez, no, that's yes. the new one. Oh, well, that's, that's not MacGyver. MacGyver. That's, that's still not creepy. My MacGyver. That's not ours. That that's the new MacGyver. They have similar like tall and he does hair. It, like yeah, a, I mean, there's volume <laughs> happening in their hair that's very similar. I mean, if that's it was all as about a, the as an older man. The he's hot now. Feather, but having feathered, my hair was so feathered, it like looked like a butt fox. in the back. If that's, if that's Mine an, wouldn't if stay that's feathered; him, it would just hot. fall flat. <laughs> I mean, horrible. It's better than the other one. Than when he was younger. Pick some George Clooney. Okay, well, they, they can't see these pictures, so we're gonna. But have I have to... a lot of feelings. <laughs> <laughs> okay, for for all of the. <laughs> Jesus. All the people that are over 30 years old. You get the MacGyver thing. Let us know what you thought of MacGyver. Unless, of course, you're a 40 to 60 year old man and then we know what you thought of MacGyver. You wanted to be him. I mean, MacGyver was awesome. He could solve any problem in the world with with a a piece of chewing gum and a paper clip. Yeah, I mean, he... And a rubber band. Give that guy some salt and some baking soda and and a bra strap and he could make it happen. Yep. This seems really impractical. <laughs> it was. That's the point. He would like break into an airplane and like fly you home to get away from the bomb and yep. save the girl. Oh, sure. Yeah. It was always beautiful. Yeah. Bitches. Bitches I was were always young beautiful when I, when I watched it. But I still thought it was awesome. <laughs> I mean, they rebooted it, so it must have been good. And I don't well, think it's been canceled. It's because of us that they rebooted it. Yeah. Well, that's why they... we liked it back then. And I mean, they rebooted it, it based hot. on nostalgia, so they didn't reboot it for me, who has who wasn't alive. But don't for the judge it till you <laughs> don't judge it till you've watched it. It might actually be okay. Okay, I think but MacGyver needs to go away now, so that we can do okay. our actual reason for living. She's Looks she's crazy. giving me the side eye over here. I can't here. believe that you just said MacGyver has to go away. I'm very sad now. I miss the just, mullet. Just momentarily, <laughs> Vonnie. You can go home and fantasize about that mullet later. He's not dead. Ooh, baby, feather my hair. I wonder if Hulu <laughs> I wonder if Hulu has MacGyver. Need some MacGyver I'm in my Google life. <laughs> Need a mullet with he had a nice ass, though. Sorry. He really did. Shall we move along, girls? So what do you say that we look at books that actually are deserving of praise? Since earlier we were discussing books that are not worthy of praise. And this is kind of, you know, a blast from the past, like what we were talking about with MacGyver and the mullet. Once I get a subject in my mind, I have to do all aspects of that subject. So I read another Vietnam War book. And this one is actually a nonfiction book. It's called A Bright Shining Lie by Neil Shahan. And it's about John Paul Van and America in Vietnam. This is a nonfiction book about John Van's life. Well, not his whole life, but his military career. And 
He was a soldier that fought in Vietnam. Okay. It wasn't somebody that we're expected to know. Okay. Because it sounded like, I was like, is this a someone I should know? Yeah, it sounded like we were oh, talking no. about a celebrity for yeah, a second. I was like, a is celebrity this maybe in Bonnie's mind. Alyssa's more brave because I was just thinking my mouth. <laughs> she's like, she's like, and who the fuck is he? <laughs> well, Sorry, he John was, Van. He was an officer in Vietnam. He mm-hmm. went to Vietnam when he was 37. Uh, he also fought in World War Two. Oh wow! So, and this was it starts out at his funeral. So he's, and they kind of have. <clears throat> they talk about all of the people that go to his funeral and about his family, and him and his wife are divorced and have been divorced for a long time, but they're still very close. And whenever he comes back from Vietnam, for you know home leave or whatever they call it. He always goes to her house and they kind of talk about the kids who, of course, are protesting the war and a little bit of hippie. Not all of them, but one particular um, ripped his draft card in half and left half of his draft card on top of his coffin, which which was illegal at the time. Mm-hmm. You're not allowed on to top destroy. of John's coffin. Yes, because it starts out at his funeral. Oh, And then it kind of goes from there to talking about when he very first goes to Vietnam and about his experiences. And it has a lot of war strategies in it. So this is probably not for everyone because it was very, I mean, he talks about the other officers and things that they're doing that he doesn't agree with and things that he does and so on and so forth. And then it kind of goes into the origins of the Vietnam War and they talk about communism quite a lot and they talk about Japan and they talk about the Japan in World War II and about the concentration camps that Americans sent uh, Japanese Americans to. Oh, but they called them internment camps. Internment camps, yeah. Hmm. Different words don't make yep. them better. Sort of like they're calling the uh, the camps that they have on the border something else. Yeah, and did you know that... Um, the Currently on the border, our yeah. current yeah. United States. Mm-hmm. The Japanese that were in the internment camps, they gave them the option of being able to get out of the internment camps, but only if they went over and fought in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. I only learned this. That's new shitty information mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. From China Dolls. Yeah. Did you? China Dolls. Yep. I don't, China Dolls. Oh, they did. Yes. Well, they talked she about was the in internment, the, but I don't remember the Vietnam Her brother, thing. the only that was reason her brother got out of the internment camp is because he signed up to go fight in the war and then he died while he was there. Oh, well, see, I remember mm-hmm. that part, but I didn't remember that as being like the only option for him. Mm-hmm. It's... Interesting and gave me a lot of details on the war that I didn't know. Which is what you wanted. And talked about some World War II stuff that I didn't know. Whoa. And the Queen of War got some new information. Yeah. And just talked about this guy's life. And he was pretty respected. He was pretty respected. When did he die? You said he died while he was in Vietnam? Um, Yeah. Or after? I can't remember. I was trying to remember how... Because somebody ripped in, in... if they ripped their draft card in half, it had to have been right during the war that he died. It was very early in Vietnam that okay. he went. Because Vietnam was in the 70s. At the time like that he was there, like only 25 people had died in the war. Oh, okay. So it was very, very, very early. And he talks about, which this is kind of probably one of the thing, reasons why the war was protested so much, 
Because, you know, they they had the Viet Cong and the guerrilla warfare that they were trying to eliminate the the Viet Cong. Mm -hmm. But what would they would do is they would have surveillance on the Viet Cong and find out what peasant towns, which they called it something else, but I can't remember where they lived. And then they would bomb the whole town. Yeah. They would bomb their families Mm -hmm. instead of the Viet Cong and kill their families. War I mean, sucks. I don't care what kind of package you put and, on it. It's ridiculous. And there were strategies behind why they did it, but it's still the fact that they're killing mothers and little children because of something that one of their family members are doing that they might not have any choice of. I mean, it's not like it's not like it's totally their fault that this person is a guerrilla warfare, Viet Cong, mm-hmm. communist that they're trying to eliminate. So what, they're going to kill their mother? That's, And they talk about some of the torture that they did on the prisoners to get information. Ugh. Yeah, it was a little rough. It The book was a little rough. So I was going to say, gee, that this sounds is, delightful. Mm. This is probably more of the kind of book one of our 40 to 50 year old men would read. <laughs> okay, guys, listen up. This one's for you. Mm. Yeah, torture. Hard out for Alyssa. Yeah. <laughs> hard out now. Yeah, it was. I was listening to the, the torture part of it that they were talking about. And the whole time I was going cr- oh. cringing. God. When you were listening, that makes it hard. Yeah, that makes it worse. Yeah, because sort of like listening when people are having sex on 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 your book. Like there are some <laughs> things where it's, it's like creepy. it's better just to leave it on the page. Yeah, like that separation's a good thing. Yeah, those words were bouncing around Ooh. my car for the rest of the day. Mm. That's, the, that's the rough. torture that they did to these. Ugh. I mean, it's war. That's yeah. what happens in wars. I I understand that, but. Oh, man. But it was it was a well-written book and it gave a lot of information about the Vietnam War and a lot about the strategies behind what they did at the Vietnam War. And there was some very interesting characters like there was one guy that they talked about. And I can't remember his name offhand, but, you know, me and airplanes. I love airplanes. So anything with an airplane story is good. But he was um, a fighter pilot in World War Two, a very aggressive, not afraid to take risks, destroyed planes because he was like, I can shoot a couple more Germans before I go in. (laughs) And uh, so they just gave him like a surveillance plane with no weapons. Well, this dude took some, um, some army rifles, like, you know, the bigger ones. I can't remember the exact name because I'm not that much of a war nerd. And strapped them on the bottom Jesus of the Christ. airplane and wired them up so he can shoot them from the cockpit. Damn, oh son. my God. <laughs> and to be able and to. That's MacGyverin right there. <laughs> yes. And to be able to like bomb because he didn't have any bombs. It wasn't, you know, mm-hmm. an artillery plane. If that's even called that, I don't know if it is. He was like throwing hand grenades out his window. <laughs> On, on like, you know, Vietnam landing strips and stuff. It just, that guy was kind of hilarious. A little extreme. I was like, yes. (laughs) He was like (sighs) Snoopy and the Red Baron up there. Yeah. But again, that was called A Bright Shining Lie by Neil Shahan. I would say if you like nonfiction war books, 
read it. It's pretty good. That would be our 40 to 50 year old men. Yeah. Because apparently that's <laughs> I my reading taste. Thought I was like, I think my dad might like that. <laughs> <laughs> good one, Alyssa. But I mean, in good all singer. seriousness, I think that my dad, I was being serious. I think my yeah. dad would like that book. I was actually thinking the same thing yeah. when I read that. I was like, I'm going to have to tell my dad about this book. <laughs> yeah, I think he would genuinely like it. So if you have a man in your life, this might be a nice gift. Who is a warmonger? Because oh, yeah. I get my 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 war enthusiasm from my dad, too, because my dad likes all that kind of stuff. He did model airplanes, war oh, airplanes. They're all hanging that's up. That's explaining that's a cool. lot. Yeah. But, I mean, to be fair, he was in the Air Force and worked on those planes mm-hmm. for a living. Mm-hmm. So, Alyssa, I know you didn't read a war book this week. I didn't. There. I want to look at Martha because I read a book this week that Martha also loves. Uh-oh. Really? Uh-huh. <laughs> this week, I read Artemis Fowl Woo! by Ian Colfer. I love <laughs> Artemis Fowl. It is a YA book. I first read it when I was nine. I had to look up the publication date just now. First read it when I was nine years old. It is one. It It is the best best probably children's sci-fi fantasy book i've ever read because this is absolutely when we talk young adult this book is for children it is for it children it's not for teenagers even for... the main character is 12 right so i was really excited to read it because the movie is coming out which i feel like i mean i've been waiting a whole bunch of my life for it for a movie to come out about this book um so because the movie came out i want is going to come out i wanted to reread it and i have to say it's kind of still awesome. <laughs> it's still really good. Um, so Artemis Fowl is the main character of the story, and he is a 12-year-old criminal mastermind. He is a genius, and kind of the premise of this story is so Artemis, his dad is missing, and later we learn out about his mom, but so he is traveling with his bodyguard, Butler, and they are in... Ho Chi Minh City, Vietnam. Oh, hey. <laughs> a connection. Because yep. they are looking for a member of the people, which means fairies and magical folk. This is kind of a phrase that comes up a lot because Ian Colfer is Irish, and that's where much of this book is set. Yep. And so this is kind of a, a kind of real mythology. It that, has a connection, definitely. Yeah, it's really pervasive one of there. the coolest things about the book, when you first pick it up, you realize that the cover is festooned with all of these weird runes. Uh-huh. It's so it's this whole language thing that he has going on. And that he's you can created. decipher them because I did when I was a kid. Yep. And I didn't have time to redo it this week. And I was really disappointed because I had them all done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's really cool. Really, It really sucks you in. Go I ahead. hope that they keep that for whatever movie version of the book that they put out, because that was part of the fun. So, um, they're in Ho Chi Minh City to find a member of the people, the fairy folk, and um, they do end up finding one. She is drunk out of her mind on rice wine, and so the thing is, is if... They drink spirits of the mud people, which is what fairies call humans. We're mud people. We're mud people. <laughs> um, if you drink our spirits or our alcohol, then they are not allowed to come back to the fairy world. Like you can't 
have things that are of the mud people. So she's stuck on Earth, but she really likes rice wine. So she's kind of fine with it. And so what Artemis wants... <laughs> she's like, mm, home she's like, or well, wine. I mean, wine. Wine. Wine for sure. <laughs> so Artemis, um, he bargains with her for this tiny book. And it's smaller than the size of his palm. He's a 12-year-old boy, so his palm is really small. So, um, and every fairy supposedly has a copy of this book on their person at all times. And it's kind of like, I mean, the only equivalent I can think of is their Bible. Ultimately, it's like, it's basically all of their rules and like the way that they have to do things. And like, this is how you replenish your magic. And and he's been looking this, and for he's this been book. looking for this because he wants to replenish his family fortune. Not that it has dwindled that much. He just wants them to be richer i guess because he's an evil genius he's an evil genius and so he barters with her and partially because he poisons her <laughs> he's <laughs> this is such a nice young this lad is how the book starts a 12 year old has decided to poison a fairy and if he if she gives him the book he'll give her the antidote and something to like flush all the wine out of her system so they make this trade and he gets a copy and he trots on home to translate this and even though it has really n- very little relationship to any language that we currently have ever had on Earth, there is a slight resemblance to Egyptian hieroglyphics. And so based on that, this 12-year-old proceeds to um, decipher an entire language. Mm-hmm. He's very smart. He's very smart. Um, meanwhile, so fairies live underground. It's not clear where underground they live or how far into the earth they live, but they live way the hell in there. And so um, our other main character is Holly Short, and she is a member of Lep Recon, which is the police force Lep-recon. for the fairies. And yes. so that's how humans came up with the word leprechaun, because that's their police force. And so she is the first female member of this elite team. And so it's a really big deal that she is a part of it. And a series of unfortunate events happens to Holly, and Artemis ends up capturing her because he wants to ransom a fairy so that he can get all of this fairy gold. He wants a ton of gold, like the measurement of a whole ton, which is a lot of gold. Because he's a greedy little bastard. Because he's a greedy little bastard, but he's an excellent antihero. Because as we find out, so his dad is missing, and his mom... It's not 100% clear what's wrong with his mom, but she is not currently really in reality. She's got some delusions. She's not all there. She's heavily medicated. I mean, she she's not his mom anymore. She mm-hmm. kind of lives upstairs in her own area of their giant mansion. And um, so he doesn't really have a parental figure except for the butler, for butler, his bodyguard. Um, and so throughout this story, we kind of get, we get to see the way that the fairy police force works and we're introduced to this great character, Foley, who's a centaur who has all of this technology at his disposal. And he's invented basically all of the technology that the fairies have and a great, um, he's not a goblin. What is mulch? Not a troll, not a goblin. Uh, No, there's a great character called mulch and he's a gnome and he gnome yes yes because that's been a really long time since yeah. i read that um 
The whole thing is delightful. It's funny. It's so smart. I wrote this down. So my, I really like children's literature that does not talk down to children. There is legit a word in this book I did not know. (gasps) I am 27 years old. Let's see if I know it. And I did not know this word. Hold on. I put it in my phone because I was like, what the fuck is that? (laughs) I love it. (sighs) Crenellated. Crenellated. Maybe I don't know what that means. L-L-A-T-E. Crenellate, according to the dictionary, to provide, and then it says in parentheses, a wall of a building on parentheses with battlements. So you know like the top of a castle? Okay, so like popped out a little. It's a different word than the one I was thinking of because... That's called crenellated? Crenellated. Like them we putting all something. of the guns up there, like the big... No, yeah, that's well, it's probably the building the, itself. The, so, so the it's way a, the building But it's is also a verb. The supports. So it's a verb. So yeah. the, as an example, the Abbey of Quar has been licensed to crenellate its buildings, which so pretty much to build something to defend. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm a, so... I learned something new. So the word scythed was in there multiple times. And I was like, I guarantee you when I was nine, I was not 100%. I love that. I'm pretty sure that my context clues were probably wrong with whatever it was I came up with at the time. (laughs) Yeah, but whatever scythed was. But it's so great. Like, I learned something new for a book for children this week. Yes. Young children. Yes. That's awesome. It's such a fun story. This is the gift I give. I have given it to every cousin in my family who is younger than me. I gave it to one of my cousins. He opened it. My uncle was like, I would like to borrow that from you <laughs> after you read it because I've been wanting to read that book. I, I've never read it, but I remember being a kid and like all my friends reading it. Yeah. And I just never. See, when I was I don't little, I didn't that. read. I, like in elementary school, I never read. Well, there I were- would pretend like because mm-hmm. we would always have those book competitions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I would just write all the books down in my room. But I would never actually go read any of them. Mm-hmm. So I just pretend. So I didn't start reading until I was a lot older. But I remember Ar- Artemis Fowl. There were a lot of uh, parents that did not like that book when it came out. Yeah. Really? No, because Artemis Fowl was a terrible role model. He was. And I really I, honestly, like Honestly, I think that's why it took him so long to make the movie is because he was not, an for a 12-year-old? I mean, y- yeah. Seriously, that is not right. something a parent this is wants to. Probably encourage. where my love of stories with anti-heroes started. Yes, was I mean I love it. Right here with this book when I was nine, because I love a good anti-hero. Hell, I read it out loud to Dylan. It's, I wonder. Oh, it's so good. It's so it's so original and so imaginative. Oh, I love it. Super easy to read. Obviously, so easy to of- read. It's a quick read. I mean, if you want to read it as an adult, I think it took me. Two hours to read. <laughs> yeah, it is very. It's a very quick read, and it was good. Read it to your children. Give it to your children to read. They're going to learn a bunch of new words, and um, or read it yourself because it's oh, it's so delightful. So that was Artemis Fowl by Ian Colfer. I have to tell Ian with an E. Yes, uh, and according to my nan, it's the proper spelling. It's E O I N. Nicole, what do you have this week? Okay, so it's been a while since I've reviewed anything that was a mystery or a thriller. Okay. So so we're going into mystery thriller territory with Nicole. Okay, and this one's called No Exit by Taylor Adams. Oh, I've been wanting to read that. I have like two copies of it on accident if you want one. So so, uh, my mom gave this to me a while back, right? I didn't realize... So then it was book of the month in December. Like it was uh, one of the options. Okay. 
but they were different covers. So my brain did not process that I already had a copy of this. Uh, so then I realized it later and I was like, damn, I'm an idiot. But it's called No Exit. It's by Taylor Adams. And essentially it is about a um, college girl um, and she is away at school and she gets a phone call from her sister that her mother suddenly has cancer and is about to go into an operation like as soon as possible. Holy crap. So she has to drive to the, like she's trying to drive home and it's quite a ways away and she has to drive through a mountain pass mm-hmm. um but it is like through Colorado um it, but it's in the dead of winter and there's a blizzard and she's trying to race as fast as possible in her shitty ass college car that barely works been there through the mountains <laughs> feel been that yep. oh yeah and she doesn't make it um she gets to a rest stop barely and realizes like she's stuck she her phone's on like 20 percent battery it's like 9 p.m um she doesn't really have a whole lot of options the snow's already so bad she knows like her car her tiny little car is just not gonna make it so she resigns herself to stay the night um at this rest stop there's a bunch of strangers there but she's just like whatever um so it's more like a, a hotel no it's a rest stop like there's not any place like oh. to sleep or anything. But there's is it just like other stranded motorists. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's right. like um, good, good. like when you're going to Texas and there's that from Oklahoma City. There's that little rest stop, but so they have like a vending machines thing and vending machines. But you okay. can go inside. Um, there's like heat inside and there's okay. restrooms. Um, they even have coffee. Um, but uh, she gets in there and then. As soon as she gets there, like she she doesn't have signal because she's in the middle of nowhere, pretty much in the mountains. And so she's trying to get signal on her phone. And one of the strangers there, he's like, hey, if you go out by these, um, there were some like statues outside. If you go out there by these statues, like you'll get service. So she goes out there and on her way back, she thinks in this van that is parked in the parking lot, she sees a hand in the back window. And so she's like, what the hell? So she tries to investigate. And as she's going it, like going towards the car, she sees a child's face. But she gets closer and closer. And then the child, she thinks, like sits back or something so she can no longer see through the van. She can't and kind of had coverings on the window. So she really wouldn't, shouldn't have been able to see anything. But she could. She saw something and she's trying to tell herself she didn't see what she thought she saw. So she goes back into the rest stop without doing anything. She just goes inside and she's trying to figure out what to do because she's sitting there talking, making friends with um, a couple. Well, it's a woman and her like brother-in-law or something um, that are there. And then there's another guy who says he's like fresh out of college and he's uh, uh, pretty much annoying everybody to death. And then there's um, another guy that's kind of creepy that's walking around. And she doesn't know what to do because those are the only people there. There aren't any security guards or police officers or anything. So she's trying to figure out, who should I tell? Who is the one that's probably harboring this child that's in a van in the parking lot? And what do I do? And so... She kind of just has to figure out, I mean, so uh, 
it's like, again, 9 p.m.-ish when she figures this out. And she's trying to figure out how to make it. And she counts time by this until they clear the roads in the morning. So she's trying to wait till like 6 a.m. when all the plow- snow plows are going to be out. And so she's trying to, uh, you know. I mean, it, it's kind of fascinating, her thought process on everything. And so, so she, of course, the first thing I think I would do is I would try to figure out whose vehicle it was. Yes. So she starts asking people. She's very smart. And this is very early, so I'm not giving anything away. But she starts trying to get people to tell her when they arrived. But sometimes, just because you know when they arrived doesn't mean you have all the facts. So she ends up coming to a wrong conclusion about who did it Uh very early. Mm. It's not giving anything away, like super early in the book. And it kind of just fucks the entire rest of the story. And it is really, it really is a thriller. Like you're going to sit there and be like, so um, (laughs) I do have to say that pretty early on, I guessed the who. Oh, I hate it when that happens. But I didn't guess anything else. So it didn't run the story for me. Mm. I, but, but I also like test myself sometimes. I'm, I always try and guess early mm-hmm. on. I always do too. And if I guess who it is, I'm done. No, I mean, the- I'm not done. I mean, I'm so disappointed when I get to the end. Especially if I figure it See, out See, I'm early. not. I'm proud of myself. I'm like, yes, you did it. And, like within 15 pages. <laughs> and you're like, I knew Look it. You. I knew yeah. it was yes. you. I'm the exact opposite. Sometimes I get really disappointed because usually if I can, like 90% of the time, if I can guess the who, that means I can also guess the what, how, why, right. when, blah, right. blah, blah. This one, I guess the who, but every nothing else. I did. So I may have been able to guess what person, but... His that that person's personality was nothing like I would have expected. Like I, I guessed correctly, but for the wrong reasons. Mm. So mm. I don't know. It didn't run the story for me. Yeah. And just because I did, guessed it doesn't mean. Also, sometimes I'll blind guess, and if I'm right, I'm like, well, you just kind of picked someone. Yeah, you know, and I you guess got I'm so lucky. <laughs> I guess I'm like different than most people because when I'm reading a thriller like that. A lot of times I don't even, unless it's just blatantly obvious, I don't really try to figure out the ending of the story before. Because if I do that, I'm going to be like, well, I'll just read back here for a minute. Oh, I would never do that. <laughs> no, no, never, no, no, no. never, never, There's never. a certain level of self-control you have to have to be I've this way. Never, <laughs> ever. I have no self-control. to the end. Never. That's no. why I eat the whole cake and not just a piece. <laughs> <laughs> but the, this one's, I mean, you have four options. So that's you, true. You're to like, be fair, you've got a 25% yeah. chance yeah, of, that's, being of being right. right. That's very true. You've got the college kid, the creepy-ass dude, and then like and the it's old never guy the most with obvious his... person. No, yeah. I immediately was like, it's not the creepy-ass dude. No, because yeah, it never is. Everyone's going to think it's the creepy easy. guy, but it can't be. So, it, like, it really was really interesting to read, and you will say, holy shit, I don't... Hmm. There was there was a lot of action in it uh, more than I was really expecting because not all mysteries or also they're not yeah. moving they're not going anywhere yeah there's right. a lot of action for people stuck inside of a rest stop the, the, okay so there are, are some like two gory bits at the end so I'm just gonna warn people oh. on that like gory like 
Really gory? Like wood like chipper? Body in the wood chipper gory? Almost, but on oh. a smaller okay. level. The wood but, chipper thing made me think of that one movie that we watched that, what was that one stupid ass movie that... I mean, I just... Oh, God. They were stuck in the Dale, cabin. Dale versus... Tucker and Dale versus Tucker and Dale evil. versus evil. Yes. Yeah. We loved that movie. That we thought that was hilarious. Movie is awesome. Okay, anyways. That wood I know, chipper made me terrible, think. I know, it's terrible, but it's hilarious. We loved it. But anyways, yeah, don't let your kids read this if you're very picky because it's super violent uh, towards the end. But it's called uh, No Exit by Taylor Adams. And I had fun reading. I, I guess it was just something very different in I think that's uh, on, my wi- on my wait list. I'll, do you wanna, if you want to actually physically read it, I'll bring it to you. Mm. You can have it and then donate to the library. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Is it my turn yet? Okay. <laughs> I read a book called The Golden State by Lydia Kiesling. Also one I wanted to read. Yep. Uh, A debut novel because, you know, I'm trying to read more debut novels, so I'm sort of searching those out. Also a new release and a book of the month selection this month. Is it book of the month too? It's in what? Yep. It's in a book of the month Hmm. option. I did not know that because I'm not a member of book of the month, but I did read the, it was on somebody's list which is why i picked it out and then when i noticed that it was a debut novel i really wanted to read it so it's about a subject which i probably would not normally be very interested and i probably would not have continued reading it if it hadn't been so well written it did catch me right away even though the subject matter was just so not on for me right now in my life It's about this woman who has a 16-month-old baby, and a lot of the things that she's feeling and going through, I could super relate to from when Dylan was little, because my husband worked so much that I was by myself about 90% of the time. So I was super isolated, and a lot of these thoughts and feelings that she was having in the first part of the book, I could totally relate to. So it sort of took me back in time a little bit. And basically, it it follows this young woman whose husband is from Turkey. And she meets him in a bar. And she's basically looking back on this because in the beginning of the book, she is at her grandmother's house this little trailer house in the middle of nowhere, California, someplace. Um, But she, her Turkish husband loses his visa when the baby is just a few months old and gets stopped from coming back to the United States. So here she is. She is by herself with this baby And her husband is in Turkey. So she spends a lot of time talking to him on the phone and stuff like that. It's the funny thing is, is the the book itself isn't very interesting. Something just snaps one day and she takes the baby and just goes and stays in her dead grandmother's trailer. And this little town, she meets this woman who's an old lady who says something in Turkish. And then she sort of decides that she wants to get to know this woman a little bit. And her little friendship with this woman sort of determines a lot of what happens to her after that. 
So what I found really interesting was how random life is sometimes. And this book really brings that to the front because some of the stuff that happens to her is so fucking random. This county in California that this little town is in all of a sudden decides they want to secede from the United States. And all these really extremists live there. And at first, that really doesn't have anything to do with the story. It's just sort of a small town thing. But eventually, there there are a few things that sort of leak through to her story. But it sounds super boring. Even as I'm sitting here trying to explain it to you guys, it sounds horribly boring. But it's really not. Uh, the woman's story is really captivating and... I really just found myself shaking my head going, wow, this is so fucking random, the stuff that's happening to her. But, you know, I just wanted to read it really quickly. I gave it four stars. I think I probably would have rated it higher if it had some real anything going on in it. You know, it did have kind of towards the end, it had a couple of things happen. But um, other than that, it was just a story about her talking about her kid all the time. Hmm. So, I mean... But if you if you're a mom, I think you would kind of you would relate. Yeah, you kind of appreciate what it's like. Some of the thoughts that go through your head. For example, she thinks about, okay, so if she falls down and she hits her head at one point and she's like, okay, so uh, what's going to happen now? Here's my child is here. You know, all of the thoughts about, you know, if I fall down and something happens to me and I die, what's going to happen to my kid? You know, things I used to have thoughts like that is I, I slipped in the shower one day when he was a baby and Ron didn't come home for two days. What if, what if you broke your hip and couldn't get up or something? Right. And I mean, it's terrifying as a young mm-hmm. parent, what's going to happen to my child if I can't be there for him? Yeah. And that never changes in your life. But when, especially when you're new at it, it really just eats you up inside and and she's so insecure about so many things and I don't know I I just loved the fact that all of these random people that that she meets one in particular the woman who who was Turkish um, has such a big impact on her life in that moment yes ma'am I have to apologize because you are reviewing the golden state oh but there's another book called golden state that released this month on January's 22nd, and I got them confused. Oh! I mean, to be fair, that's different by one word. So I'm yeah, so sorry. really close. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. But that's why I was, because then I was listening to your review, and I was like, that, they that's kept not billing the, this. That's not the book I want to read. I well, recognized. Yeah, they kept billing it as a dystopian. Uh, oh. And I was like, novel wrong. Huh. Yeah, I looked at the, I, I recognized the cover from whatever article. I think it might have been a Book Riot article. That I was looking at for debut authors, it was Book Riot. Yeah, so or she is a debut author, but it's yeah. from she, she. It was published September. They're both new releases, September fourth, yeah. two thousand eighteen, and she is a debut author. Yep. Okay. It says right here on the. Oh, anyway, <laughs> going back to this whole thing, sometimes books that aren't about anything can re- be really compelling. Mm-hmm. I've read some books like that that I actually love. I just have to shake my head. Why did you like this book? It makes absolutely no sense that I like this book. You're like, I don't know. It's about nothing. It's the same reason I like Seinfeld. It's a 
It's a book about nothing. Yeah, but I'm usually the one that likes the funny books. Oh, yeah, that's true. So the fact that I like this book was weird, but I, I, I really liked the main character, though. Uh, that yeah. helps. So it was called The Golden State by Lydia Keesling. So you know how I talk about I put all my books on my non-phone? It's my old phone that I don't use anymore for an actual phone. It's her phone. pretend phone that she uses to listen well, my non-phone finally broke all the way, and it will not keep an internet connection so that I can download books. Oh, I was very bummer. sad because the main reason why I'm sad is that I cannot figure out how to sync up my Bluetooth headphones <laughs> with my iPhone. Yeah, that's because you have to. It's an Apple. That's why those bastards. And when I'm in my car, for some reason, and I'm sure it's user error because I don't know that much about iPhone, so it's probably in the settings somewhere. When I plug my phone into my car, it will it doesn't talk to me. So if I'm listening to a book or listening to, you know, turn by turn directions or anything, if I have my phone plugged in, I can't listen to it. So now I have to make sure and plug my phone in at work so it's fully charged so I can listen to my book on the way home. <laughs> oh, my God. Because I can't plug my phone in and I can't figure out how to put my freaking stupid ass Bluetooth headphones in there. But I finally, this past week, figured out how to link my Bluetooth with my car so I can listen to it through the... You know what we need? Speakers. We need some of those 40 to 50-year-old men to come in here and give us some fucking tech lessons. I mean, I don't even I don't, have Bluetooth in my car. I don't want lessons. I just want you to just do fix it. it. Just, just fix it. Just go fix it. So I, with my old car radio, the dude who installed it because I had a tape player that was broken. <laughs> tape and then player. all of the buttons. <laughs> this was a 97 Nissan Altima. So yeah, it had a tape player. Uh, had a tape player. All the radio buttons slowly stopped working so that eventually the only button that worked was AM FM. And so I saved up money to get a CD player for my car so that I had something functioning that played music. And so the guy who put it in, who I flirted so much with, <laughs> was my age and worked at Best Buy. He set everything up for me. I like to think because I flirted with him a lot. What? I'd say so. And uh, he set everything up for me. So then the bad thing. He's playing with her. I am. Right She's like, <laughs> would you? Um, how, I was just how so you young and hair that? free at that time. Um, I'm Alyssa. Alyssa, I'm 20 years old. <laughs> I don't have any anxieties or problems yet. <laughs> That's going to come later. Um, so I took it home, but I got home and I like put, brought my box inside because I was still living at home because I was mm -hmm. over the summer from college. My mom threw the box away, <gasps> which had the instructions in there. Oh, no. So because he set up everything for me and my mom threw the box away, I did not know how to do anything. <laughs> so then this gives you an excuse to go back and flirt with him so some like, more. I mean, this car has Remember a, me? my new car now, though, in that it's not the 97 Nissan Altima. It's just a newer car. It has a functioning CD player <laughs> and radio, so it's fine. Hey, baby. Yeah, you should see me like <laughs> twice a year when I'm trying to figure out how to change my clock. I'm like, uh, I yes. think everybody has that. My I'm clock like, is okay. wrong and it will be wrong until daylight savings time Next starts year, up. My yep. clock's going to be wrong until Travis gets in my car and gets mad that my clock's still wrong and changes <laughs> it for me. Someone got in my car and was like, what is this? And I was like, well, I know that it's an hour wrong. And they're like, oh. 
100% know how to change the clock on my car. You just don't? I just don't, I just don't give a care. I know how to nope. tell the time if it's an hour wrong. I know what time it is, dude. I'm obviously not going to just jump in my car at all. Like, usually it's to go home, go to work. I'm not going to be, like, blindfolded and not know it, where the sun it's is. It's not Bird Box <laughs> or anything. <laughs> like, exactly. Everybody's going on so, about how good Bird Box is. And it's like, I read that book a year ago. It sounds scary. It's It's really not that bad. Hey, Nicole, mm-hmm. I usually save the changing of the clocks in my car for something to do. The changing of the clocks. You made it sound like... <laughs> the changing uh, of the clocks. Like a fucking... The, like the dudes in the, the hat. Yeah. <laughs> the the dudes, dudes in the hat. <laughs> Sorry, you Brits. We love you so very much. Changing I, of the guard. I save that for something to do during a traffic jam. You're like, yeah, fuck, everything stops. I might as well start pushing buttons. Yeah. You know, if I changed the clock myself, I at some point got very bored inside my car for some reason. (laughs) That's really what it takes. It has nothing to do with the fact that we cannot do it ourselves. It just takes boredom. It's just that it fucking sucks and we don't want to do it. But uh, my mom gets mad because I have a bunch of clocks in my house that you have to like put batteries in and shit. And all of (laughs) them are wrong. For about three years, they're just stopped on random time. (laughs) (laughs) Can you come over and uh, find out the bad? Batteries the tall hats to come over to her house it's and change 2019 her and I have this thing called a cell phone. And if all if cell phones quit working for some weird reason, like the zombie apocalypse is going to totally screw you. Good. You're not going to know what time it is. Let me tell you, if a zombie is chasing you, you don't need to know what time it is. <laughs> While you're running, I wonder what time it is. I mean, I'll be dead. Do you so know it the time? Time. Yeah. I'll be dead almost immediately, so it does not matter. Cardio, and, girls. We got to work on this. I have no survival skills, and I don't wish to learn them. And honestly, for me, the only thing I ever actually have to do, really worry about in regards to time is like, I kind of have to leave my house by a certain time to kind of get to work by a certain yeah, time. Yeah, they don't really care here. So we're not, that's about it. Other about than it. that, my dogs tell me when it's time to feed them. They got their own clocks. My dog tells me when it's time to go to bed. She gets real impatient at yeah. like 9.30. My dog She's can, like, let's go lie down. Mine does that too. <laughs> my dog can tell time. Mm-hmm. Because at can. 5 mm-hmm. o'clock every fucking night, yep. she sits outside the door very patiently, very ready. straight, and she's ready to and eat And just dinner. waits. She look doesn't make nice any noise. Yep, she doesn't make any I'm noise. so pretty. She just sits up all pretty and straight right in front of the door. the there ever was. And just waits for it to open every night. <laughs> and she's sitting at home waiting right now, poor little nipper. And instead, you're here talking to us, yeah. not feeding your I'm dog. Talking to you bitches, and I'm not feeding my dog. No, just kidding. Ron's home. He can feed her. If Ron's <laughs> home, they're probably sitting and Ron drinking beer. <laughs> yes. Ron made my dog an alcoholic. Oh, no. <laughs> Which is a story for another day, my friends, because that is going to do it. For Three Book Girls. Can't get enough of Three Book Girls? Join the conversation on Facebook and follow them on Twitter and Instagram. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.